0: One of the hardest parts that people overlook is actually training writing and modeling the different turns of a conversation one area of ai that i'm super excited about is i'll just call it generative ai
1: hi everyone this is alex petrus and you are listening to the applied ai pod real ai conversations with real people happy and healthy 2022 ahead We kickstart the year with an AI for real estate conversation, keeping it real with Nate, co-founder and head of innovation at Structurally, a conversational artificial intelligence that responds to, qualifies, and nurtures your online leads. A housing Wire real estate tech top 100 company. Enjoy the conversation. I love the fact that we finally get to talk about AI and uh, real estate. Uh, Very fun times. How is conversational AI shaping the the future of marketing and sales, specifically in this space of uh, real uh, estate industry? Nate.
0: Yeah, so I think as as a whole, if you think about the real estate or general kind of property tech space, I'll kind of I'll kind of con- combine them into three, which is real estate, mortgage, and leasing or rentals uh, or multifamily. Um, really, if you think about it, it's one of the biggest markets in terms of lead generation, in my opinion, in the world. Uh, There's so many people looking at properties or looking to get a loan for a property um, at multiple stages in their life. I mean, for the most part, everyone's moving on average in uh, every seven years, but everyone's always looking at real estate. It's just kind of like a, a worldwide pastime. And what that means is uh, there are a lot of leads in the market in the market, in the real estate or general prop tech market. And I think what I've seen from my perspective, working with some of the biggest portals uh, and lead generation companies in the world is real estate leads are very productized. There are a lot of internet companies out there like Zillow, Realtor.com, others worldwide that have that have so many eyeballs that they're monetizing in the form of leads that they're then passing out to real estate agents, lenders, et cetera. And they're kind of just putting the burden for the most part. These are lead generation companies across the board in the prop tech space. They're kind of putting the burden on uh, agents and professionals and lenders to say, hey, I don't really know much about this lead. They said they're interested in a property. It's up to you to follow up and qualify them that's where I think there's a huge opportunity for conversational AI and where my company structurally fits in. There's a lot of people who are looking at properties. They're kind of just tire kickers. They're not too interested that honestly take a lot of time out of these sales uh, agents' lives to qualify and follow up with. Uh, So I think there's a huge opportunity for conversational AI to to really step in there, qualify leads on behalf of um, real estate and other property tech professionals and really kind of sort out the good leads from the bad leads.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe even a decentralized system for um, qualifying these leads via conversational AI. I've run myself through this process very recently. Um, and indeed, the platform, the real estate platform was sending the leads to real uh, e- uh, estate agents. And then there was this new process of qualifying the lead, asking for the right information. How how does your solution work in practice? Like um, where does in this chain um, your solution show up and how does it uh, work?
0: Yeah, so we work... Um, by ingesting leads from these CRMs or lead generation companies, uh, we get the leads information like their phone and email, and then we reach out to them over text and email. Uh, for we reach out from we reach out to them for a long period of time and then when they respond, we have a two- way back and forth conversation. Uh, so that's all happening over text and email. Um, the reason why we kind of chose those channels is, you're probably everyone listening is probably very familiar with kind of chat bots that are, you know, live chat only. They pop up on, on the site. You can click some buttons and have a conversation that way. In real estate, what we've set out to build is a very open ended, human like conversational AI. And that is harder to do, but also much more relevant. This is where people uh, are naturally texting like their real estate agent. This is where they communicate. This is how they prefer to communicate. Um, People are using phone calls less and less. And our belief messaging is eating the world. And we are facilitating these conversations over text and email just because that's where everyone is kind of used to talking to their real estate agent. And it means that it actually facilitates a really open ended human like conversation that's not driven by like buttons or links or images. It's just a natural, free-flowing conversation where the leads can ask open-ended questions like, what's your commission rate? Uh, How long have you been in business? Why should I work with you? And our conversational AI can actually handle all those questions. It uses things like purposeful typos that it corrects to, uh, emojis, GIFs. So we really have invested a lot on these channels to make it feel really human-like.
1: I love the nuances. Uh, it makes it feel natural when you include emojis and uh, these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, what are the? So I understand. You know how how you are addressing some of the problem in this space. Um, you know the the volume of inquiries and the need of qualifying them um, on longer uh, period of time. Um, say, if I'm a business, um, what will be my the benefits that I will get from using um, AI? Uh, within a company that does real estate and does it negatively or let's put it this way, say I'm automatizing or taking the leverage from my real estate agents and uh, adjusting it and moving something to conversational AI. Um, will my real estate agents still have what to do or how? how is this uh, put into perspective?
0: Yeah, so we always like to say that I think this is gen- generally for AI as a whole. We believe that AI is here to augment the role of uh, all salespeople. Um, and as a whole, I think AI is here to take a lot of the mundane tasks off of uh, professionals in the, the workplace. That's what we believe in, too. So we. Uh, Our product works actually alongside a lot of what we call inside sales agents who are doing a lot of this qualification uh, to date, but we're not here to replace them. We're here to make their lives easier because the last thing that any salesperson wants to do in real estate, in software, in insurance is pick up the phone or message, email email. And send a bunch of messages or emails or calls and get a bunch of no's, leave leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. I'm not interested. That's not a fun experience for anyone, uh, no matter where you're at. And our product handles that. It's kind of the first point of deflection and the first point of conversation for uh, the first line of defense for having these conversations. And what we have seen um, is our product averages about a 57% engagement rate in a 17% qualification rate. So our AI is listening for uh, what we call like high intent um, messages. So these are things that a lead is saying like they want to talk to a person, they want to schedule an appointment, they're not working with an agent, they're ready to buy in the next three months and they're not approved for financing yet. It's a really high intent lead that we can classify. And those leads are then actually a lot better suited for real estate agents to call because now that lead is expecting a phone call. They've indicated they're ready for a phone call and that they're interested. So we're here to augment the life of real estate agents and make their lives a little easier so they can really focus on doing what they love, which is closing deals.
1: Mm -hmm, Wonderful. Yeah, I'm even challenging the fact that uh, because you've mentioned that you believe in text first and email first is even the next step Um, you know, uh, closing the deal a phone call, because, you know, if the conversation started via email, continued over text or email, which is written conversation, um, a change in the chain of communication and moving it to to voice via phone. um, Yeah, I would challenge this. Is this even desired since the the conversation started, continued via text, and now I'm not sure how it's uh, used. But... um, you know, your your solution definitely makes me think um, there was a very, um, you know, impactful uh, news recently with video clones for real estate um, usage. Uh, I think Synthesia uh, recently raised like 50 million Series B uh, round just to bring this um, video cloning to realtors so that they can... Um, if more efficiently and multiply their efforts to present homes um, online, because now uh, people uh, don't go physically to see homes, the first um, uh, see through they do it via remote uh, uh, means. Um, so, in the chain of things, I, I would use your solution, the conversational AI solution, for getting to from intent, from high intent to, to qualification then it will go to a realtor, and then the realtor will further use tools like video cloning or whatever to show the house, and then the final close, closure will happen. Uh, do you see other uh, potential solutions for the future of real estate, or how can we simplify this future of real estate uh, through um, machine learning, deep learning, computer vision, whatever?
0: Yeah, so one area of AI that I'm really excited about Um, it's, it is, it can be applied to real estate, but I think generally across all sales and marketing teams, um, there's stats out there provided by Salesforce that say sales teams on average spend about two thirds of their time not selling. So one third of sales teams time is actually spent selling. That is a huge missed opportunity for everyone in business. I mean, you hire salespeople to make sales and then all of a sudden they turn around and Two thirds of their time is not spent selling. That two thirds of their time is spent on chasing leads, qualifying leads, scheduling appointments, updating data in their CRM, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, one of the most, uh, one of the largest chunks of that two thirds of time spent not selling is actually writing scripts and writing content, writing follow-up campaigns, call call scripts. There's a lot of creativity with sales and marketing teams, where they are always trying to get responses, trying to get engagement, trying to get opens, but they have to spend a lot of time writing content. And one area yeah. of AI that I'm super excited about is I'll just call it generative AI, where uh, it's models like GPT-3, which I'm sure you're familiar with, where it can write content for you based on simple inputs, basically, um, amongst. Very uh, a whole bunch of other things that it can do, but where I see this applied in real estate is: uh, can it write things like property descriptions for you? Can it write legal contracts for you? Can it write? Um, can it write sales follow-up scripts and qualification scripts for you? So even our product internally, we spend a lot of time with our customers writing scripts. Okay, if the lead is talking about this, how do you want to respond? If they talk about this, how do they want to respond? If they're not qualified, where do you want to take the conversation? So on and so forth. It takes a lot of time to think through every possible turn of a conversation that you need to write out and model for, basically. But I think with um, generative AI, uh, you can kind of give it a direction and say, write me a script that will qualify a luxury. Buyer lead um, that uh, is uh, recently visited my website, and it will spit out a template that you can kind of tweak from there and move on with your day. I think that there's a so so much data that these models can learn from about what works in sales. What are some little uh, what are some best practices to getting people to engage and respond that will allow sales teams to think about like how they can write better scripts and just let the the AI write them for uh, write it for them.
1: Have you have you had the go at the GPT3 for experimental play for for your conversational AI solution?
0: We haven't yet. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of ideas about where we want to apply it and it's kind of exactly what I talked about We see we see it fitting into our script builder uh, which right now is it's totally customizable. you can write whatever you want. But right, it's really hard because you have to think through every possible turn of a conversation. So we see it uh, an opportunity for us uh, specifically to say, "Okay, click a button, and it, the script will essentially generate itself."
1: Mm, yeah, that will be amazing. Um, let's let's talk a bit about Zillow's AI uh, perspective because this is very recent that we've seen. Uh, um actually in the past few years we've uh, we've heard for ai racial bias we heard for safety concerns with autonomous vehicles and now recently we've heard about the major business failure in the real estate where based on ai uh, a company lost 51 percent uh in market valuation that company is zillow um the real estate business And um, they lost this market valuation since they started uh, in 2021, so quite an abrupt uh, loss. Um, So I wanted to bring this perspective and talk a bit about the fact that uh, it is not just difficult to bring AI to production, which many of us are talking about, but it's also difficult to keep AI in production. Um, what are your thoughts on how we can create a more promising future for, for AI as a tool for positive outcomes, particularly, in, you know, ensuring our AI systems actually meet the requirements for a well-architectured framework. And we don't lose like 51% in market valuation of a business in just a month, uh, after launching the model an AI model or something.
0: Yeah. Um. So as it kind of comes to Zillow, they've been running, you know, their their zestimate, which is the basis for which they were purchasing homes on for the most part uh with their latest initiative. Um and they've developed that zestimate. That's how they really got founded. Really the the way that Zillow t- took off, I don't know, 20 years ago. I, I don't know. I don't know too much about them, but the way they got their their name kind of uh, nationally recognized was because they were the first company ever to provide automated valuations on every property, at least in the US, I believe, if not North America or broader than that. And that has grown and grown and grown uh, over the past however many years to the what everyone refers to as the Zestimate now. And that has gone, we've seen it grow and they've been really public with their AI team, which is some of the best in class uh, out there in the AI ML space. Um, They've been really open about what goes into this estimate. I'm sure back in the day, it started with very basic things like where is the property? What are some comparables that went into it? And uh, how many beds and baths type of thing went into, um, you know, that prediction model. But even more recently, they've started looking at like pictures of the house using computer vision and letting those influence their perceived uh, prediction of the property value. So it's come a long way. And I know that, you know, the the real estate, the general real estate market has a love-hate relationship with this estimate because everyone treats it like kind of the gold standard. When they're buying, when when a seller is looking at what their property should be listed at, the first place they look is this estimate, and their real estate agent is the then the backup kind of the the um, consensus um, check to say, hey, is that right or wrong? Is it close or is it close enough? And I think that that is a great architecture for what could be the future of AI: is let AI make its best attempt at predictions. And always have a human in the loop system to say, "Well, you're way off base, you're close to you're you're pretty close to base or uh you're right on you're right on track because I'm sure that there's been so many properties out there that Zillow has provided his estimate for, which was its actual list price and sales price. But everyone just kind of forgets about that and really focuses on like the deals where it was bad, or in the case of Zillow, you know, where The market was so hard to predict today because of how volatile it's been through the pandemic, through changing interest rates, through all these different regulations that AI couldn't really account for because it's never seen. Uh, What I'm excited about is how the Zestimate will change after uh, everything that Zillow has gone through and the world has gone through in the past year or two years, uh, because it now has some you know, time bound recognition of very drastic world changing events that made it really hard to predict. But now it's been fed tons of data. It's been fed tons of actual human in the loop reviews when they were out purchasing these properties. And I think that ultimately it's just going to continue to get better and better.
1: The consensus check you mentioned, I think it's really something I'd like to stress. Very important. Um, as you mentioned the human in the loop system uh, seems like a good solution especially when you run with uh, markets that are complex systems um, and you have surprises due to lack of information or data environments So, having this uh, last feedback check uh, for the consensus i think uh, is something which is mandatory as a mitigation uh, feedback element um, and we also have to agree that in every failure, there's a huge opportunity. Um, do you think that the failure from Zillow came from the fact that, uh, uh there was a shortage of labor in the logistic, in the supply chain, and that made it difficult to, to even sell the homes when, even when the price was, uh, price prediction was correct. Um, do you think the, the failure was actually due to the, to to a business reason, not necessarily to an AI reason?
0: Yeah, I think that there was just so many moving parts that I, I don't know if I could say what, you know, what went wrong. Uh, I think they've talked about publicly the fact that they just had no idea what the market was going to look like. I, I don't think this at all. I don't think it at all was a failure of AI. I think their their Zestimate, which is one of many AI applications they use uh, I assume, um, you know, I think that that is best in class uh, property valuation, machine learning model, and you'd be hard to find any other company out there that puts so much effort into getting those accurate. And they're very even, they're even very public about how close their um, ongoing average Zestimate uh, list price is compared to the actual ending sales price. And that is moving closer and closer and closer to 100%. Um, I can't remember the page off the top of my head where they list that. But um, I think that it uh, wasn't at all um, a failure of AI. It was a failure to to understand the changing dynamics of the world, which the whole world <laughs> has probably failed at recently. No one really knows what's around the corner. This is kind of unprecedented times. Uh, so i think it was just with all with all new business initiatives timing is everything um unfortunately this timing for them was was really tough
1: yeah indeed. um wrapping up with the final approach um, and leaving our audience with um what are some conversational ai big challenges that you foresee for the next i don't know two three years especially coming from a space where for example the proprietary conversational ai uh, solution you've built, um, you have 99.99% of consumers believing it was human. Mm-hmm. Where do you see your next big challenges to be in the space of what?
0: I think it's kind of two parts. I Well, three, but I already mentioned the one. I think one of the hardest parts that people overlook is actually training, writing, and modeling the different turns of a conversation. Uh, so I think that a lot of work can be done with like generative AI and GPT-3 to actually uh, solve that. But I think the other two are number number one, I think that AI, conversational AI specifically, we'll just focus there. Um, the best companies will build conversational AI that's better than um, trained sales or marketing or support reps. Uh, that have been in business for 10, 20, 30 years. And then again, that's not that's not a, a position to say it's going to replace them. It's to say, again, that it's here to augment them. But what I mean by um, being better than them is think about all the training that sales marketing support teams go through when they onboard new reps. They teach them how to have conversations. They teach them how to handle objections how to handle very specific kind of touchy questions. Like in real estate, you know, people are going through a divorce. How do you handle that? How do you handle objection when a lead says, oh, I don't really want to work with you. Your commission rate is too high. A lot of conversational AI today would just kind of like breeze through that and not even acknowledge questions like that, not even try and handle objections. But I think AI in the future, something that's really hard is going to be basically making these conversational aIs so skilled that it's like they have 10, 20, 30 years of sales experience. They can handle objections like no problem. They can answer support questions like they've done like they've done it a million times. And that t- that's going to take a long uh time, a lot of training data, a lot of thought to say how can I make this as good if not better than human and how can I make it as good, if not better, than a trained human who's been doing this for many years. So I think we're just going to go a lot deeper in this space to make them uh, basically very powerful uh, niche-specific conversational AI that, again, helps augment the role of all these different sales marketing and support reps
1: very exciting time so thank you so much nate for for your intervention to the applied ai pod it was wonderful to have you and good luck in the real estate space it's something that it's uh, wide broad and growing so um, it was a
0: pleasure talking to you absolutely thank you for having me on
1: thank you for listening to the applied ai pod don't forget to rate the podcast if you like what you listen stay healthy everyone